Hey, I'm Dean Blandino, and as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight, down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Case in the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! That's it, pack the bag, start the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40, Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 178, and this is dedicated to Golden Tate. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How are you doing, my man? I am entirely brokenhearted, Chris, and um, no joke today. I just want to take a moment of silence for the dearly departed. All right, there we go. Uh, in today's show, uh, it was a sad game against Seattle. We'll talk about that. Uh, we got trick or treat because Tate beats feet. Uh, more on carry on. We're off to Minnesota and a whole lot more. Got a great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Yeah, uh, seriously, guys, no joke this week. I really just. I love Golden Tate. I'm sorry to see him gone. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, time for a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. Oh, yeah. And, of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Also, Brian B. from I Prevail. Make sure to check them out, iprevailband.com. All of our Patreon donors, much, much love for you folks. And uh, you may notice you got a little a little extra love this week. We recorded the pre-show show just for you. So uh, that'll be available, and it'll go out um, via the Patreon messaging system for you people. And uh, you'll be able to take a look at the video and see the pre-show show. Uh, if you folks would like to join, you get the Slack, you get the pre-show video show, and, and all the other great stuff we do for show, uh, go to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, and uh, donate anywhere from a dollar to a billion dollars a month. Anything you can... Uh, you can decide to part with. Also, you can go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and click on the Patreon link there. Uh, thanks for all who've joined. Um, love to keep bumping that up. So uh, if you find it in your heart, find it in your soul, you like the show, and uh, you want to help support us and keep us moving forward doing the stuff we do, join the crew and get access to some of that great stuff we got going on. Make sure to give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and check us out on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. It's the very, very best place to see all of us handing out Tootsie Rolls to kids. (laughs) All right. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. We'll bump that subscriber rate up a little bit. We're almost to where we need to be. Doing the weekly post game show, and we will talk during the show today about a new show we're going to put out there on YouTube as well. That'll be a lot of fun for you guys. Also, don't forget to rate us iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. And don't forget, you can now find us on Spotify. Hit us up with those five star reviews. If you haven't reviewed us, please go give us those five stars. We love those. We love you for doing that. And, uh, you know, it's good feedback. You want to give us feedback uh, that's a little more on the, we'll call it constructive side, do it in the subreddit. We love hearing that. We we adjust what we do because this is the community show. It's not just us. So let us know what you think there. But in the uh, on the iTunes stuff, push for those five-star reviews because those really, really help. Also, give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or you can call us in the Lions line at Stafford, Blunt, Carry On, Lions. Stafford Bunk, Clarion Lions, 92933 Lions, 92933354667. Those are our digits, so give us a ring. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And, you know, Case, it's a, it's a real new tradition. Uh, it's 
couple of episodes old. It's not new, but it's not quite, you know, year long like some of our other stuff we do. But uh, we've got this whole segment where uh, we get the people to call in and, and they put it on blast. Hey, guys, it's uh, Cody. I'm a new listener here. I've been listening for about three or four weeks now. And uh, I just wanted to call in and rant a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to talk about Abdullah, and I don't blame any of them. It's just a joke. He's even on the roster. But uh, I wanted to talk about uh, how Matt Stafford just uh, doesn't do anything until the fourth quarter. I mean, I get some of it's on uh, Quinn. He doesn't call any plays. I, I'm glad we got a run game now, or at least kind of. But to uh, just run the whole game and then pass when we're down, why don't we just pass from the beginning? Uh I think that uh, we're just not making good play calls. I realize that this game was supposed to be all running because uh, us and Seattle both have tons of uh, average rushing yards since week three. Uh, I get that. But I just think that we need to do more play action deep and more like slant routes and stuff earlier in the game. I feel like we're always doing that when we're down, and it works. But I don't know if it's because we're down that's why it works, because they're playing zone, or if it's just a uh, good play call. So. I just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that. Do you think we should start doing play action stuff more in, like, the first quarter? Or should we just stick to the run game and see how it goes from here? Thank you, guys. Well, Chris and Case, it's been a couple of days. It's Tuesday. My name is Brandon Kerr. I'm from uh, uh, on Reddit and Twitter known as SFHCommission underscore one. And I've got to say, I think the, a lot of the problems was after a tremendous win in the heat, I think they just didn't have the energy they needed to defeat a really good Seahawks team coming in after losing their owner and well-prepared with two weeks rest and the bye week to prepare. I'll tell you the truth, I still think this Lions is on the up and up, and the bar just was shown where they still need to work and get taken care of as far as all their things is concerned on offense and defense. I think Ricky Jean-Francois hit it just right. They didn't have the focus they needed to defeat this team. So let's go to Minnesota and get another win there, just like we have in the last two to three to four years. Anyway, can't wait to hear your podcast, guys. Take care. Hi, this is Brandon from Missouri again. Wow, no sooner than you all want to talk about the Seahawks game, and this bomb happens. Take to the Eagles. It was great knowing you, Golden. But, man, I can't believe we got ourselves such a GM like Bob Quinn. Take care, guys. Good morning, guys. It's Wednesday morning. Malcolm checking in from West Michigan about 830. A lot to unpack this week. I'm going to touch on the game quickly uh, and then get to what I'm sure is the heart of the matter. Was that the game against Seattle? Obviously, we all like what we saw early. Felt like the Lions had a good game plan. Things started to unravel, turnovers, um, poor ball skills from our buddy T's Tabor, and you got the result. Two things that kind of stood out for me. Number one, of course, Seattle's coming off of a bye. We saw what we did to Miami with two weeks to prepare for them. Uh, I'm wondering how much that factored into the way that Seattle was able to neutralize some of the things that we have been doing defensively. And in the run game, with a little bit of time to study and really get after it, we'll be interested to see what the Lions are able to do on a same level of preparation basis as uh, as the Vikings. Tough game coming up, though. Uh, that defense is always going to be aggressive. Griffin is back. We'll see if we got uh, if we take the anger and turn it into something great. Uh, you know, man, T. Sabor that um, I want well for the young man, but I'm not even seeing, like, the foundations of competence. You know, the ball skills were just, like, non-existent in terms of some of those deep throws, heads not getting around, not locating. Um, speed aside, there's still some things that he could do to put himself in better positions to defend some passes, and we're just not getting that. And that's what makes me concerned about, you know, the cornerback leap that typically happens in year three. I'm not sure that's going to be there with him. Um, jury's still out. Stranger things happen. The Golden Tate trade obviously is the, the big, um, the big topic today. For me, it comes down to, um, as a fan, sure, I hate to see him gone. I like that guy. He really brought an interesting flair. Um, he brought a lot of production to the team. Um, I was having a conversation with another season ticket holder on Sunday about 
if the Lions are actually going to be able to bring him back. And I was like, man, I don't know if he's going to want to get paid, and I don't blame him for wanting to get paid. Uh, I think everybody should maximize their economic outcomes if they can. So that probably means he's going to leave because he's going to be on the other side of 30. I think the Lions knew that. They made a, they made a move. Um, you know, the draft capital was interesting. You could get a starter in the third round. Bob Quinn's shown a really good record of being able to convert draft capital. He's stable or side. Obviously, you can pick next year as opposed to having to wait in the 2020, if I understand the rules correctly. So my heart hates it, um, but my head is like, I get the vision. And as I said before, I fuck with Quinn's vision. So um, ultimately, I don't know that I would say the Lions are waving a white flag, but we'll see how they perform. Take care, guys. All right, there it is. That's uh, put it on blast. And uh, Malcolm showing up makes it under the three-minute mark. Congratulations, Malcolm. I think that's the second time he's done that case. He's, he's on fire now. Nice. <laughs> we're, we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, all right. So let's do this. Um, let's start with the Seattle game and then the, the breaking Tate news. We um, have a lot to say about that and a lot, of, a lot to say about both of those things. Um Actually, let me let me just do a quick reveal, okay? I'm, I'm taking my pants off. Um, <laughs> we got a new thing coming up this week uh, on Friday. The Riz and I are going to do a live YouTube show. It's just a quick quick takes episode. Um, it'll make it in the the podcast stream as well, but it'll be also live on YouTube, so you can see Riz and I interacting. We'll have some fun uh, kind of stuff that we've added. We're continuing to add and change uh, some of the things on the live show and the graphics we use. So I think you guys will like that. Um, make sure to tune in and be roughly five six p.m. ish, something like that. We don't have an exact time yet, but if you see us come live, if you go to YouTube and uh, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast, do your subscription and uh, hit the little bell. You'll be notified when we go live. You see it. Um, if you're thinking about doing a Patreon donation or just a one-time donation, do it. Then you'll see some pretty hilarious graphics pop up. we got some fun stuff going there for that. So go ahead and check us out. Quick takes this Friday live, and then it'll pop up in your podcast feed a little bit later than that. All right. With the fun stuff out of the way, let's talk about Seattle. Case, uh, I know you weren't lucky enough to experience it live, and um, <laughs> it was the, the whole world seemed upside down. Twitter the the game chat and reddit i mean even even the slack people were just just not like it was nobody was lined up it, the team didn't seem to be firing on all cylinders they didn't seem to be like in the right mindset for the game and neither did the fans or anybody else and it just wound up being a disheartening loss at the end um and there's further context around that but i want to go ahead and let you kind of weigh in on the game and we'll go from there yeah like you said i wasn't able to watch the game live this week uh so i i was i was took last night and dedicated some time to it. Um, obviously, I knew the score. I sort of knew what happened. I knew about the Amir Abdullah fumble on the return. I knew about some of the other things. I knew about the interception at the end. Um, but I didn't really know the specifics. Um, so when you come at it from that perspective, uh, a little bit removed, um, and, and looking at it from a little bit more of an analytical perspective, I feel like I came away from that game way different than ever than people who watched it live. Like this I, is this is interesting to me. I'm really interested to see where, what what your thinking is here, bud, because you you touched on that a little bit in the pre-show. So I don't know what that means yet, and I'm I'm wanting to find out what you got here for us. Right. Um, I actually thought the Lions played at the same level as the Seahawks. They just had some things not go their way. And I know that sounds, you know, um, that sounds like a Homer thing to say maybe, but, but anybody listening to the show long enough knows that that's not really my MO. Um, I, I really did feel like they did a lot of things really well. And, Where's and the bullshit? <laughs> the, um, the, a couple of areas that have been criticized, the defensive line was getting in the backfield mad fast um and, and i thought they did a really good job against miami uh and it it seemed like they did even better than that this week you've got russell wilson on the other side of things and he was playing at the best i think i've ever seen him um and there, so you know it, no matter how good your pass rush is if russell wilson is playing the best you've ever seen him He's going to make things happen anyway. And, and that was something that was happening. The secondary, the coverage, I've seen a lot of criticism. Um, if you look on the year, I think they've allowed a pass rating of like 112 or something like that, which mm -hmm. doesn't sound good at all. Mm -hmm. But what, in this game in particular, they actually had very close coverage on most of the big pass completions. 
there were just a lot very very close you know plays that could have you know if russell hadn't put the ball in the perfect spot and like i said he was playing on god level in this game if he hadn't put it in the perfect spot and the receivers hadn't you know caught passes that maybe they catch 50 percent of the time and we just you know got the ill end of that percentage this is a very different game and and we easily could have gone into half tide and if we'd gone into half tide it it, I mean, the outcome is, you know, completely up in the air. Uh, I, I, Tabor, especially, you know, was getting shat on. But I think there was only one, maybe two coverages where I was really disappointed in what he did. Otherwise, I thought he was extremely tight. And, and that the Seahawks just managed to get, you know, those miracle grabs. You know, there's sometimes you, you can do everything right as a cornerback and still, you know, a pass gets completed over you. And, yeah. and I feel like that was happening a lot in this game. It's, it, it, you know, Tibor, what, what, the, the worst takeaway from this game is he's going to be covering Thielen next week. Right. That's tough. <laughs> that, is, that will be tough. And um, this, this is, it's interesting. We know, we know cornerbacks take a while. We've talked about it. it takes a while to develop as a cornerback in the, in the NFL. I don't know what the top end on this guy is. Is is he going to be a good enough number two ish for us? Nevin Lawson and there was a couple. You know, in there always is. There's a couple plays that were kind of you know scratch your head calls from the refs, but um, for the most part, that was not what affected the game. A lot of luck, like you're pointing to. Uh, bounces that just went exactly right, incredible yeah. catches that 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 most people wouldn't have made, low percentage stuff, right? And uh, there's there's one thing that you, I I really have to point to that really feels like it shifted a lot of momentum in this game, and it, and good teams don't pivot on a single, you know, at least negatively on a single play, especially this early in the game. But that Abdullah fumble, man. That was just it changed a lot. It really did. Devastating. It it it, in my rewatch, I didn't actually see it change the way that the I didn't see it change the um, emotion of the players. I did see it change the play calling because I mean, what did carry on end up with twenty some rushing yards? Mm -hmm. I think that's a direct result of that fumble and that you know that that changed because they immediately felt and, and to some degree I would hold Cooter a little bit responsible for, you know, uh, not trying to keep pushing that because even though, even though the Seahawks did a good job in at, at times against our run game, if we'd kept pushing the run game a little more and I, I did to fly completely in the face of one of the callers on putting yeah. them on blast, I, I kind of disagree. Like I think if they had, if they had actually, you know, stuck with it a little bit more, the, the Seahawks, while I, uh, the Seahawks run defense is not great. Right. They I get will, beat by the run and that's what we should have been doing is beating them with that damn run. Yeah. And in the second half, they had to go away from it entirely because they were playing, you know, and if that hadn't been the situation, if they hadn't been down by three touchdowns, the game plan is completely different. Um, I will say this about the Seahawks as well. The Seahawks are a better team than people thought they were a few weeks ago. They're now four and one in their last five games. And they've played extremely well. They, they, they much like the lions, you know, they dropped two games early while they were sorting some things out, but they, I, I would strongly pick them as a wild card spot. I don't think they're obviously going to overtake the Rams uh, to win the division, but they, they'll make the playoffs and I will not be surprised if they do something in them. Uh, I, I shouldn't say they will make the playoffs. Obviously there's a long way to go and they only have a four and three record, but I would be a little surprised at this point if they aren't one of the two NFC wildcard teams. Okay. I guess, I guess we can, uh, we can go with that. That's uh, I don't know. I, I, you're right. They've been a perennially good team. They started slow. A lot of teams have started slow this year and they aren't what we thought they were in the first two or three weeks of the season. It's it's a weird season for team records, isn't it, this year? There's a lot of stuff Very happening weird. that's just – it goes back to – you know, people talk about parity. There's a very few couple of elite teams in the league and then some good ones, a lot of mediocre, and a couple of oh, real trash teams. So when do we when do we get to join that upper echelon case? Um, I hope – 
next year. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, obviously some things happened this week. Have you given up on this year? We'll talk about that. And well, uh, no, <laughs> I haven't either. And there's, there's some, some good reasons why five division why games to. left. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's one of the big reasons, but, uh, let's, let's talk about really quick. You know, sometimes teams, uh, pick up new players or let other players go and they leave you in a situation where darn it I need a new jersey and um, boy what what better way to do that to head over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com set up get yourself a nice new jersey um, who could get be that number- snacks jersey <laughs> nice snacks jersey who could be number 15 next you know who knows there's, there's all kinds of possibility <laughs> out there man maybe it's definitely you know pick up your Galladay jersey he'll be a lot he seems like he's going to be around a long time um, but go there, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use that shop link, or there's a little graphic on the side. Click on that to go to Fanatics and get all of your great sports memorabilia. Lions, Tigers, Michigan, Michigan State, Red Wings, any sport you can think of, any team you can think of. It's the official stuff. If you look at even an NFL fan shop, you know what it says underneath that? Uh, Fanatics. <laughs> That's right. It's all from Fanatics because they're the official creators of all this stuff. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use that shop link. Get your stuff. Get some love and get going. And uh, you'll get some amazing stuff. And they'll give us a kickback and help the show. So help the show out by doing something you're going to do anyway. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Shop link. All right. With that, there's a lot of people holding jerseys that um, that don't mean anything right now. <laughs> Breaking news this week. Uh, Golden Tate was given some uh, walking papers. He was traded off to the Philadelphia Eagles. And um, shocking move. Absolutely shocking move. And there's a lot of angles to this that we want to cover case uh, for sure. But I think the first one I'd like to kind of point to, and some people are talking about, while I think it's a low percentage chance, they just might still sign him next year. There's a possibility that they re-sign Tate. It's not impossible. It's improbable. I don't know if there's a better way to put that. Just keep your, just keep keep the jersey in the closet, just in case. Don't throw it away, right? Don't burn and it. And even just, if it's not, even if it's not this next year, maybe it's in three years. Maybe we get him on the last couple of years of his NFL career. Who knows? I like him, but I don't think I like him that much. <laughs> well, I mean, at that point, you know, he'd he'd probably be like a close to vet min type guy. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So let's. We, we're, he we're loves Detroit, that. so I don't think he'd you know have an issue coming back here. I don't well, think Detroit it, loves him. It doesn't doesn't seem like there's any bad blood, which is a nice you know. Yeah, as far as departures go. Mm-hmm. So here's here's a case, right? And and this is the you think about it, and and like we started early with a moment of silence. One thing about Golden Tate, um, and, and, and any player really, there's there's two pieces to it. There's your heart. And God, you love Tate. You love what he brings. You love the fire. You love everything on everything he brought on the field was was amazing. But you also have the brain. And one thing that is not a great move is to overpay for players. Would we overpay pay for him? Well, I don't know. We got something out of him though. We got a we got a, a third round pick, which is which is nice, and we didn't have to. We got some value. At the end of the year, we wouldn't have gotten anything for him. Um, there's some stats, and we'll cover those, about two wide outsets versus three wide outsets. But isn't it true, Case? I mean, if you think about it just strictly with your mind, take your heart out of it, you almost are gathering and trading players like stocks in, in that you cannot, if you want to make money, if you want to do well, you can't let emotion intervene. You really, really have to play um, the technicals, and uh, play play the situation that lays out in front of you. And God, if you think about it, let's just let's use the cornerback. We talked about that earlier as a position. It takes three years for a cornerback to to get good. If you could pick one up at the end of his rookie contract, keep him till about year eight, year nine, and then let him go, you've really got the prime years. You've got the very, very best years. If you could do that with all of your players, uh, in that span of their their time, and 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 have only players that are peaking in their careers, and not the tail end guys, and not the early end guys. Boy, what what an amazing team you could have, right? Um, I'm not saying that's the only way to go. I think there's all kinds of ways to go, but um, that's that's kind of the thinking. And I think one of the things we're seeing from Quinn is is as in New England, they're not going to overpay for a wide receiver. 
Yeah, and I want to. Okay, so I want to roll things back a little bit here because I do want to talk about the emotion of this. Um, it was rough. Uh, Golden Tate is one of my all-time favorite lines. Might be top five, and that might belie my, you know, uh, my relatively uh, new, you know, fandom um, since I've only been around, you know, as a as a diehard Lions fan for about ten years now. Um, that might be, you know the signal of that, but in that time, he's definitely one of my favorite that I've ever seen. Um, the both on field and off field, he's been amazing, uh, for the team, for Detroit. Uh, it, it truly like the immediate impact before my brain, you know, caught up was broken hearted. Um, he, he, he really does, means a lot to me and to the team and to a lot of fans. So I, I don't think that's something that should be lost um, on, on anyone before they start trying to look at it, you know, from a X's and O's and, and, and money and all the other things that go into this kind of situation. So God, I love that kid. My, yeah, exactly. That's, that's my like golden Tate. I love you. I really am going to miss you. Um, I love I Golden you, Tate. <laughs> I, I hope that at some point you find your way back to Detroit. So anyway, that said, uh, yeah, it's, it is a situation. Um, okay. So not only do we get the third round pick, uh, but we also get uh, three mil bumped um, that we can use next year in free agency. Mm -hmm. So that's, so there are two positives. He is currently 30 years old. Uh, he's just going to get one more very big contract after this year. We weren't likely to be able to afford that if we wanted to do things like trying to fix the defense. Let, in, me, in let me ask you something just on that contract piece, Case, because maybe the rose-colored glasses are off a little bit now that he's gone or you can look at it differently. He's going to get that big contract. Do you think at 30 now, for the length of that contract, he's going to be worth the money he's going to make? Maybe. Um, he certainly hasn't shown. Everybody, for the last well, two Glover years. Quinn hadn't shown any drop either. I mean, you have to think about the age. Yeah, but Glover Quinn is like 35. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, I'm not saying Tate won't show those signs of age. I'm saying that people said this last off season that he was going to show it this year. Right. And while his production is slightly down, it's not because his ability is down. It's because the team has been using him differently, which brings up the next point. I think the reason why they were more comfortable moving him now is just because they are, they have working like seriously working on changing the team uh, philosophy and offense. Um, and, and this is, um, I, I've said I've said all along that this year is a test for Jim Bob Cooter, and and he is not safe. He is very much not safe. If the offense falls flat without Golden Tate, and and they and they can't score points at all, this is probably the end for him. And and all you know, I'll be okay with that. Um, if they find and there was a there was actually a good stat you know posted to the Lions sub. Uh, where the lines are much more effective when they're or or have been this year um, when they're running two wide receiver sets as opposed to three. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, so that's true. If if they're able to take advantage of those things, if they're able to uh, continue to and and we saw Luke Wilson get a little more involved in the game this last week. Um, not that he was spectacular or anything, but ways to use different players if they if they're more creative. And there has been a, a theme this year, I think, of being more creative. On offense, even if it doesn't always work, it's still been different. And uh, it, so this is, you know, th this is the ultimate test for Jim Bob Cooter. And pass or fail, I think, you know, we have the opportunity to see things get better in the future because of it. Well, And let's talk about those, those stats, okay? In three wide receiver sets, they have a 48% success rate, 7.1 yards per attempt, and a 94 rating. That's that's three wide receivers. In the two wide outset, they have a sixty six percent. That's almost a twenty percent success rate increase. Seven point eight yards uh, per attempt increase. It's a point seven yard, almost a yard increase. And the passer rate and passer rating goes from ninety four to one hundred and twenty eight. Um, you talk about efficiency, no. right? I mean, that's that's a heck right. of a switch now. Vertical right. attack, now, now here's much more fun. 
Here's what I'd say is that sometimes those three wide receiver sets are utilized more in situations where they're desperate. And and so, like, you can't necessarily take the stat and assume that it projects over to all situations because it doesn't necessarily because uh, you might be using that three wide receiver set in situations that are, you know, uh, less desirable than you using those two wide receiver sets. So, I mean, there is that. So I'm I'm not as worried. (laughs) <laughs> I I do think it's a good opportunity. Uh, we came into the year uh, off of the preseason looking at, like we had this absolutely ridiculous receiving core, and we did uh, because uh, Powell and some of the other you know undrafted free agent guys really looked fantastic. And don't forget that Golden Tate had said that Powell was he he loved working with Powell, and that he saw Powell as having a huge amount of talent. Uh, reminds uh, reminded him of himself when he was young, except even more talented. So that's just Tate talking, and they talk it's, well about each other know, and stuff. But hey, it's that, certainly a thing well. to keep in the back of our minds. I, I I mean, it would be surprising if you know Brandon Powell turned out to be a great wide receiver as an undrafted free agent. But did these things do happen? Oh, Kenny Galladay, man, <laughs> it, it looks like Quinn knows well, how to he scout was a rounder, But, um, <laughs> but I mean, these things do happen. You know, players do it. You know, so I'm not. I, I don't want. I don't want to start a hype train here. That's like going to be a. But start the hype I, train. Let's go. Let's just dive in. Okay. Okay. Brandon Powell, next Golden Tate. There you go. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I I don't feel terrible about giving him a shot because I do think that he looked like he deserves a shot. Um, so he didn't it, fumble it, any kick returns. No, he hasn't. <laughs> which we didn't talk about. But, well, it's, uh, it's maybe maybe we will have to eat that in somewhere here. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, and we just haven't seen anything from him during the regular season yet. So we really don't have, it's impossible to have a strong opinion on him one way or the other. Um, it would be surprising if he all of a sudden was an all-star, but it also, you know, is within the realm possibility that he could be very service, serviceable player. And, and considering that you get a player like that on a, you know, next to nothing contract, uh, one that doesn't even register in the, you know, in your, in your cap, it, it's, uh, it could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I, don't, I never think it's a bad thing for younger players, depth players to get an opportunity um, if there's a potential for them to grow, obviously that usually comes at the expense of a veteran, um, be it an injury, trading away, whatever. Um, but at the same time, if you want to look long term, and it it definitely looks like Quinn is looking long term, you give those guys an opportunity to show what they can do in, in a real situation, and you might come away with something you really like. That's right. And um, the other part of it is, is let's not forget that, and again, the the way New England does things is this is kind of reminiscent of that. And we need to probably get used to doing things differently. We've been doing things very much the same way, even though we've had different coaches for a long time and we've been getting the same results. It's not going anywhere. So I'm I'm open to some significant changes in how we approach these things, um, period. Another interesting, the, the, I do think there was a possibility that the Lions were attempting to make a trade for somebody um, after the Golden Tate trade um, to pick up maybe Dante Fowler or, or maybe somebody. I don't know. I think there is possibility that they were trying to do that. I don't mean to try to read too much into the Marvin Jones uh, restructuring that added 2.2 mil, um, which I, by my math, I think we have 6.5 mil available over the cap.com told me it was 5.5. These things are voodoo. I never trust anything that I see entirely. (laughs) So um, it's possible they were trying to make a move. I'm not, I'm not on board or off board. I don't think there's a good reason to, you know, be a major conspiracy theorist about it. It's possible they were trying to possible. They got outbid. Oh, well, it's still the, the, the cap space will still be there. So it's not a loss. Sure. All right. Anything else uh, Golden Tate related? Anything else sticking out in your head that you want to cover on this uh, case? Well, (laughs) it's not really about Golden Tate, but it is about what this does to our offseason. If the Lions have an effect on us beyond just this year, (laughs) if the Lions do feel comfortable with their receiving core, and I'm not necessarily saying they should, and I'm not necessarily saying they shouldn't. 
or won't put any resources into it. But if they do feel comfortable with it going forward, if they really do feel like Kenny Galladay is going to emerge as a number one and that Marvin Jones is a solid number two and that TJ Jones and Brandon Powell are, you know, sufficient depth pieces, it gives them more opportunity to, and and the, the added 3 million is a part of this. Um, to really go after uh, like an edge rusher or a cornerback in free agency and leaves them able to, with the added third round pick, which I feel like we should also mention that the third round pick is great. It's highly likely that they would have come away with a fourth round pick um, compensatory pick. I've heard a lot of people saying they were going to get a third for Tate anyway. I don't don't think that's true. I don't know. I don't think his contract is going to be that major, but who knows um, that, that uh, this third round pick in this, in this particular draft, which by all accounts is sounds like much, much more important than the 2020 draft uh, where the compensatory pick would have come into play uh, could truly transform the defense with, with four picks in the first three rounds um, as it stands at the moment, they could, they could really get, you know, they could, they could go two defensive linemen, a linebacker and a cornerback. Uh, they could uh, go do two, uh, do three of those four things and toss a tight end in there or a wide receiver or a guard or, you know, something else in there. Uh, but it really does truly have the opportunity to make a long-term change for this team. So I don't, like I think the better. <laughs> well, <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I overall think it's good, and and like we've said, it's it's tough on the heart. And there's a lot, there's a couple things that have happened this year that are tough on the heart. But um, if you're a Lions fan, you should be hard hearted enough by now through all the disappointment that you're probably willing to do whatever it takes to to get that win, um, the big one. And this this feels like this is one of those kind of moves that is, um, it's it's the opposite of a William Clay Ford move. Right, he's the guy that is loyal to people to the very, very end, good, bad, or otherwise, and we see the results of that forever. We've seen the results of that forever. This is a case where we're here to make a great team. We're here to make this team better, and we're here to perform. And period, bottom line, full stop. That's what's going to happen, and I'm okay with it. Uh, love Golden Tate. Wish him only the very, very best until he plays us, and then I, I hope he has the stomach flu that day. <laughs> that's that. Um, so that's that. That's uh, Golden Tate. Um, Want to talk about really quickly? Amazon, great place to get all your stuff. Uh, that isn't sports-related memorabilia. You're going to go get your dog food. You're going to go get... We've talked about prophylactics. Case, did you go ahead and get your order in? Is it uh, all underway? I got a million of them, man. <laughs> For I now. see the boxes stacked up. My <laughs> oh, bulk. My bulk. <laughs> Um, anything you want, you can get it from Amazon, but don't just go to Amazon, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, clip on that link and, uh, it'll take you over there on that shop link and uh, it'll take you over to Amazon and it just tells them that Chris and Kay sent you. They say, those guys are great. We're going to give them a kickback and they help the show out and help us do the things that we do. So Amazon.com. Don't forget about that, uh, at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. It's the, the very best way to help the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. And also I want to throw something else out there really quick case. We get those really, really sweet stickers we put together, and they're just burning a hole in my pocket. So if you guys want to get yourself a sticker, uh, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to us. Uh, the, the address is on the website. Just go uh, click on About Us and contact us, and down at the bottom you'll see a street address. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope. We'll send you a couple stickers left, and uh, you can gorilla spam whoever you You're want. You're now NPR. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hey, you can throw a couple bucks in the envelope too if you want. I mean, they weren't free, but we'll send them to you free if you want. So just that, uh, you just got to give us the self-addressed envelope, all right? All right, we'll move on. Um, Interesting thing from Justin Rogers, and I I really enjoy Justin Rogers. He's one of those guys whose sense of humor really has to, you you have to. We've come a long way. (laughs) Well, that's you guys. (laughs) But he's, uh, (laughs) his sense of humor, he's, he's, he's dry, I guess is the best way that I can I can uh, put it and um, 
but he's got he's got very very good quality con uh, content, uh, and it's also also extremely well balanced. He's not doing dumb stuff with his articles. It's uh, it's it's good good quality content. So he's one of those guys we recommend you seek out if you want good Lions coverage. Uh, in addition, to, of course, to our podcast. But uh, he uh, had a tweet. One of the things I like about Carryon Johnson is that he quickly realizes when his blocks aren't setting up as planned, and he quickly plunges forward. For what he can get. A lot of backs hesitate where Johnson turns a zero to one yard gain into a three or four just by being decisive. So, Justin, yes, yes, preach. You are correct. That's one of the things about carry on that's awesome. And um, something that we're not seeing from LeGarrette Blunt. Right. He he just goes, he, he's tackled himself off the back of our own players. He's he's had some funny, some funny plays out there in the field. But carry on. He makes that decision and goes with it. And that it does just like uh, Justin was saying there. It gives him so much more of a benefit and gives the team so much of, of more of a benefit at the end of the run. And uh, we've seen what happens when the blocks do work, too. It's uh, it's amazing to see that boy get in the gallop mode. Absolutely agree. Uh, real quick, I will come to LeGarrette Blunt's defense just a little bit. Loser. Um, just a little bit. Uh, I don't think Jim Bob Cooter knows how to use a traditional running back. Uh, and I do think that, <laughs> they, do right. very, that, they, that, they, uh, that they really telegraph when he's running much more than they do with Carrion Johnson because Carrion Johnson is, a, you know, with Carrion Johnson, you can do anything. And, and I think that's a great thing. Um, and I think that's a, that's, it, that's, really an important part of who he is as a player. I don't necessarily think it's fair entirely to knock uh, LeGarrette Blunt for his performances because he's constantly being hit right at the line. And, and it reminds me of the way that they tried to run the ball in years past. And it, it kind of is a throwback to old school Jim Bob Cooter uh, run issues. Um, but carry on Johnson is a completely different story and they're, they approach it as a completely different thing. And, and he's great at it. And and it's funny to call him, um, you know, decisive and, and and that he doesn't hesitate, but at the same time, talk about, you know, patience, 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 the, you know, the cliche born of, of Le'Veon Bell, but it's true. He has both of those things simultaneously. It seems like an oxymoron, but he, he's able to, see so quickly, so quickly what the right thing to do in that situation is. And I rarely ever see him make the wrong decision on a play. Doesn't always translate into a huge gain because, you know, the execution of the offensive line, the execution of the opposing defense all come into play. But he's absolutely right about that. You just rarely see him do the wrong thing. Which you're 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 absolutely right. I I have to hand it to you, Case. The uh, the idea that Jim Bob Cooter doesn't know how to use a traditional running back <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that was new, and boy, it rang a bell. That seems um, pretty pretty spot on. Let's 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 pontificate about uh, Jim Bob a little bit here. Um, we've talked about this, and and we can we can go back. We said that uh, we didn't think Caldwell should be extended, but by the same token, we understood why Quinn did. Brand new GM walks in the building. Everybody on the team says, we love Caldwell. We love Caldwell. You got to keep Caldwell. We'll play for him. We stand behind him. As a GM, if you fire Caldwell at that point, you you, you very well risk actually losing the team. It's not this bullshit of making them run a little bit, right? This is actually losing the team because you've disrespected and, and didn't trust them at all. So what do you do? It's a give him enough rope thing. Caldwell came in, nothing happened, and it was an obvious thing to say, okay, we got to make that choice. Well, you're now looking at your franchise quarterback in Matthew Stafford saying, no, 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 no. Me and Jim Bob, we got this thing. We're working great together. We, you need, you need to keep Jim Bob around with the new coach because, you know, we're, we're going to make it happen. And here we go. We have the season here. Now, if you were to give a report card on Jim Bob now, Number one, and then number two, if you had to make a choice today, do you keep him or do you go with someone else? Uh, where are you at, Case? Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm, I'm, there are splinters in my asshole. Um, no, no, we're asking about Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> I know, but I'm right in the fence, man. Um, 
God, it, it, that is such a tough thing because I really do like a lot of what he's been able to do with the pass game. I really am interested to see whether or not he's able to maintain a good pass attack without Tate. Uh, it would. It depends less on Jim Bob Cooter than it does on who's available, and I'm not. I'm afraid that I'm just not knowledgeable enough to know who might be able to replace him. That would be an upgrade. You are really painting the fence, Brown. I really am. Yeah. No, I think I think there's there's options out there. It there's, really is a flip of a coin. It just it just depends on whether or not there's a, a an upgrade that is attainable to us. I don't think Jim Bob Cooter is perfect, and I'm not going to be upset if they move on from him. Yeah, you just hope you hope they find somebody, somebody better. I hope they don't bring somebody in somebody on a whim who ends up, you know, much worse. And we're all like, oh wait, yeah, it's you know, a, it's a somebody. Two, two three years, thing. Lions fans have a history of doing this. You know, two three years down the line, after somebody that we absolutely reviled is gone, being like, oh, maybe that guy wasn't so bad. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But <laughs> I it's, see it's, a lot of like. Uh, yeah, and, and now all of a sudden that's changed again since the Cowboys, you know, aren't doing well. But for a while there, it was like, oh, can you imagine if we had Linehan right now? <laughs> <laughs> but but I think the key point is that we get somebody proven, somebody who, who knows the job. We don't need to get another, you know, a young guy like a Jim Bob Cooter and see what he can do, if he can grow into that position. Um, we've got a head coach, I think, who needs somebody he can trust to run that part of the game. He can do clock management, obviously. He can do the things that he does, but you see Patricia on the sideline coaching that defense, and he needs to be able to turn his back to the field and have someone he can trust running that offense. Um, is Jim Bob Pukuder the guy? He, I think Jim Bob is showing his at all. He's showing everything he's got this year. And uh, I think the fact is that you came up with very clearly just now, he doesn't know how to use a traditional running back. Oh, kind very, of belies yeah, some very flaws. key. Definitely has flaws. Yeah, some very key flaws in, in how, what his thinking around the team and how that works. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, give him a grade so far, Case. And uh, no paint in the, faint, the fence brown on this. You got to give him a grade. Um, B minus. Mm. Okay. I'll go with the C. Straight C. And I don't think C is a passing grade in the NFL, just so you know. For, no, I don't think B minus is a passing grade either. Not for this team. Honest, you know, unless you're unless you've got, you know, a B plus A minus, you know, then then you can get away with it because you you might have a very good, you know, team on the other side of the ball, but we don't. So And it's not a reflection of him as a person, just as a offensive coordinator in, in this team. So all right, uh moving on a little bit, gotta talk about Peter Von Panda. Do you remember him? Yeah, this guy's good. Yeah, he's very sexy. He's got the greatest, well, I got to say second greatest YouTube channel behind ours, but he's got a great YouTube channel. Guy's putting out content faster than you can say, holy shit. And uh, it's all good, funny, quality content. You want to get some good reviews, go to youtube.com slash Peter Von Panda. If you want a good laugh, head on over, see some of his other playlists that he has. He has great, great content and uh, guaranteed to make you laugh. So before you hit our Amazon link, hit Peter Von Panda and uh, see him do some of his amazing, amazing reviews. He's a great friend of the show, and we recommend spending some time with his stuff because it is it is worth the laughs that you will get. All right, moving on. We're off to Minnesota. Um, we are undefeated at U.S. Bank Field, aren't we, Case? Damn straight. That's kind of a good feeling. And we're coming off of a loss here that we feel like we should have won. This is kind of the setup here for the Lions this year to go in with low expectations and then just go ram it uh, and, and, and pull out a win and everyone gets overexcited after the game, right? Isn't that the pattern we should be following right here? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, I am surprisingly optimistic about this week. I, I certainly, um, <clears throat> in my pick'em league, I, I'm going back and forth, and I, I, I tend not to pick, you know, the Lions just for the sake of being a fan. Um, in my pick'em league, if you, you do that in yours, that I, I, I can respect that entirely. I'm just. I'm, I'm interested in winning. Wait, <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. But I'm no. going back and forth on this game a lot. No, Casey, let me help you out. The the team threw the towel in when they when they unloaded uh, Tate. This right. is the season's over. They're they're not going for. There's no playoffs here. There's no. It doesn't matter. They're they're done. They they threw in the towel and said we give up. We'll see you in 2019. Didn't they? Right. Yes. That that that's an accurate statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the, both teams had kind of similar weeks this last week. Um, and so we'll, we'll probably skip them and around the division um, and just cover that here. 
but uh, they they lost to the Saints. Um, but they weren't necessarily the worst team on the field. I don't think they were the better team. Um, but they do have a lot of things going for them right now. And there's, I mean, I mean, they are a scary team. But the thing that I like right now about what's been going on with the Lions the last two weeks, defensive and I line. talked about this a little bit, is the defensive line. Yeah. And the, 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 the shock. Ability to get to the backfield. Does it feel play- weird? Does this say yeah, that? It does. <laughs> like I, I, I don't think anyone's paying attention to it yet because it's it, because it's kind of out of left field, and everybody got sold on this coverage sacks, you know, storyline. So we haven't adjusted to it yet. But the Lions have been getting into the backfield the last two weeks, like consistent. And did you see Kirk Cousins get brutalized against the Saints? Exactly. Oh. That's exactly exactly what I'm after. Um, so. If the Lions can do to the Vikings offensive line what the Saints did, and I think there's a very good chance they can. I agree. This game is is much closer than I think, you know, uh, um, the general populace would look at it and say, you know, it is. And this is um, a really, really important game when you talk about throwing in the oh, towel this is, in this the playoffs, is it. This right? This is it. I yeah. mean, if they win this game, they, they, they you know, start to pull out all the stops for the rest of the year. If they lose this game, I think it, it becomes a, this is probably out of our reach situation. And and I will so, say that I'm, I was going to save this for around the division case, but everybody, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, whoo, well, we, uh, we didn't beat the Seahawks, but everyone else in the division lost last week except Chicago. And so, so it's a, you know, it's okay. No, I love that Chicago's no. leading the division and we're still like, eh, it's, it's Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> what happened last week though, do not wipe your forehead and say, few it is not okay that kind of opportunity happens maybe twice in a season where the rest of your division chokes it out and loses and you can capitalize on that and 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 make great motion forward luckily we have a lot of division games here so if we win we're going to make those incremental changes and gains within the division but anytime your division loses like this you need to be able to capitalize and this has been a thing for years, it's been a, a, a problem for this failure Lions team. Capitalize. Yeah. Failure mm-hmm. to capitalize on divisional losses by the other teams, on other teams' mistakes. We wind up making the same mistakes and having to fight ourselves out of a hole every year. And most of the time, we wind up in the hole at the end. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so quit wiping your brow and saying it's okay. This was a, that was a bad loss. That was a loss we, we, we did not need. We needed a win this last week with Seattle. The Vikings pass game is strong right now. Uh, I, like I said earlier, though, when I was talking about Seattle, I think our secondary is much better than, than maybe they, it's not doing what you think it's doing. Um, <laughs> I see what it's doing. Oh, wait, no, that's a completely white out there. It, 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 really, like, it just turns your little screen red. Yeah, your eyes are just blazing in pain. I know. It shoots right um, out. I see the but, dot. Uh, <laughs> We're talking about We're on the video here. You guys can see it if you join the uh, the, the Patreon people. You can see the stuff we do. But I'm shooting it with a laser pointer to my camera. Trying, he's trying to like blind me. It keeps it's, going over his really shoulder. I can't quite get him. We'll get um, it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But uh, okay, so I as I said, you know, during the Seahawks, as we were talking about that, uh, I don't think the secondary is anywhere near as bad as the, you know the pass rating allowed would would lead somebody to believe. Um, I do hope that. The if the if the defensive line is able to get after Kirk Cousins, that the, that our secondary is able to start doing something it does really well when it's able to, and that's create turnovers. Uh, that a huge part of why their passer rating is bad as it is is because they haven't created any turnovers this year. And, and as soon as that starts happening, it it, it changes the whole outlook. Um, so that's that's the big thing that I'm looking for because if they're going to be able to turn around this season, if they're going to be able to, you know make it in and then they're going to have to give the secondary something more to work with in terms of opportunity. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, it, it shall be interesting. Um, I'm worried about Tabor and Thielen and that's, that's the, the, I think oh, single I, he's matchup. Yeah. He's going to get his, but we're going to have, that's hopefully that's, you know, the double team kind of situation that yeah. they double. Thielen and let Slay take care of Diggs. Yeah, no, the, or the, the, vice versa, the, yeah. whichever they decide to do. That's the one matchup that I think is going to tell the story of the game. I, I, I really do. I, our offense is going to be our offense. Um, I'm, I'm hoping. It, well, it goes back to if we. Score, well, I mean, if our if offense will be interesting to watch too, just because obviously this is the first time without Tate in a long time. So it'll that's that's fascinating. Uh-huh. But 
<laughs> it's a it's another story. If we score thirty, I don't think we lose. Uh, right, we <laughs> better not. Um, will we get there? I don't know. It's it's interesting to see. We got to we've got to put the gas down on offense and go go go. Uh, this defense is a tough defense. I think it's going to be a real test for our offensive line and for carry on. We'll we'll see what kind of a runner and run game we really have. I think uh, up against this this front seven of of mm-hmm. Minnesota, um, that'll be interesting. But I, I just think our offense is going to be what our offense is going to be. I think the tail of the game is going to come out of Tibor and what he does in coverage. And um, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I would never want to put all my eggs in Tibor's basket. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. No, I won't argue with that. I, I mean, they're, they're, if, if you go into this game with the hope that we're going to completely shut down their pass game, you're going to be disappointed. It's just a matter of whether or not we can slow them up enough that it's, you know, that, that we keep ourselves in the, in the situation. So Indeed. I don't expect it to be, I, I do expect it to be a close game. Um, if nothing else. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, you want to go to the game? You want to go to any of the other games? Actually, I have to get there myself because I had to pick up some seats for uh, the Thanksgiving game. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use the shop link and click over to SeatGeek to buy your tickets, and uh, you can you can pick your seat. It's better to pick your seat than have one, someone else pick it for you. You never know what's what's under those fingernails. Your pick your friend, but you can't pick your friend's seat. That's right. And and, and a lot of people don't trim their net nails, and you don't want that. So uh, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Head on over to SeatGeek from there and get your tickets uh again like always like we talk about they give us a kickback for for sending you guys over there but even i go there to buy my my seats because i want to find the very best seats for the best price that i can and that is how i do it all right case it's time man why don't you come around and take us around Everyone, calm the fuck down. How about this? It's like two years ago. We're sitting here, dabbing on the cameras. Calm down. Serious business. All right. So, so like I said, we we already covered the Vikings. Um, So we'll start at the bottom of the division. Uh, Well, you know, other than us at the moment. Don't even talk about Um, that. Just let that go. Only you know. Only a very incremental degree higher than us is is the Packers right now, and um, they suffered a loss to the Rams uh, that was that was pretty brutal for them. Um, that included some drama uh, with the whole Ty Montgomery thing. If you're not familiar, Ty Montgomery, who's been their wide receiver slash running back for the last couple of years here, um, got frustrated with the team was sent out to specifically told to take a kneel on uh, the kickoff so that they had an opportunity to drive the field with Aaron Rodgers. He ignored that, took the ball out, fumbled the ball, gave the ball back to the Rams, and that was the game. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't hear all that about being told to take a knee. Oh, he was specifically told by the team to take a knee. Is that why they traded him? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, oh and, and it was. Shit. Oh yes. I hadn't heard yeah. that yet. I hadn't, I hadn't been able to read yeah. up on the trade there. That's freaking incredible because I saw that happen. I saw that play, and I was like, "Oh my god, that guy!" That you know that play, right? I mean, Abdullah did the the fumble. It was earlier, right? Yeah. <laughs> but holy shit! Now to have been told to take a knee. And not doing that. Oh, of course he's treated, yeah. right? Yeah. I thought not, he was just treated. Not open a whole can of worms about it either, but I mean, it's Titus Young esque. Like it was truly yeah. like yeah. you're told to do a thing specifically, and because he was frustrated with being pulled out of the game er, a few plays earlier, he or a, a, a series earlier. I, I don't know that it, I didn't actually see the whole thing go down. I just read about it after the fact. Um, but he was, you know, angry. And let his emotions dictate his actions and ignored the more or less a direct order. And, and so that is exactly why he was traded. And that's why the Ravens got him for a seventh round pick. So. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. That, that is absolutely crazy. Um, I didn't know that piece of it. Thanks for sharing that. But uh, yeah, he, he, he killed him. He killed him on that. And now these guys have to go off to New England to play. I I was I couldn't believe that they stuck in that game that long against the Rams. I was really nervous, especially in LA. I thought it would be a a pretty easy wipe for the Rams. That gives me a little bit of fear 
uh, about this Green Bay team at this point. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely it does. Um, I do think that they played maybe their best game of the season. Um, now having lost not only Ty Montgomery, but their best player in the well, maybe their second best player in the secondary because Jair Alexander is playing much better as a rookie than any rookie quarterback has the right to play. Um, <laughs> Limited set of film there, though. We're right. about a couple of games. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he hasn't but Haha Clindix has been playing really good football this year, and I, I, I actually would like to bring him up as a potential guy that the Lions could go after in free agency if, yeah. if the Redskins don't manage to extend him. Um, and then can, and much, if we do pull him in... If we pull him in, is that one of those things where we can't call a Galladay Dick's Puncher anymore? <laughs> nah. Okay. Well, <laughs> Dick's Puncher will stick. Um, it, Just go punch. In, and this is not a pop. This is not going to be a popular thing. If we pulled him in, it would be simultaneous to probably releasing Clover Quinn. Yeah. Um, so uh, they don't get Clover Quinn is going to be gone after the season anyway, right, Case? He's, 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 well, I, I mean, maybe it, it depends on. on how the it depends on, on how the rest goes uh, i mean he's he's super old he's definitely lost a step uh they can save some money by cutting him if they cut him they can they could use that money to afford a contract for a guy like hockland Dix, who'll be 26 i just um, he has not shown up i mean he's played but he's just not been a factor at all at his position this year he's lost a step for yeah, sure no, I, I, it's I time to and move I, on i love i, I love i do Glover i absolutely Quinn, love right this is a brain he, move he, not a heart move <laughs> He, he might also rank in my top five all yeah. timelines. Yeah. You know, once again, you know, being the you know relatively new fan that I am, that probably shows. But um, and I would, I mean, I would buy so him great. dinner in a minute. He's such a good leader, and you know, <laughs> buy him dinner in a minute. But it's time to let him go. Um, I, I'm not ready to 100 percent commit to that, but I do think it's a strong possibility. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they they traded away Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and uh, their secondary is now like uh, what? Uh, what do we do? <laughs> so they have one cornerback who's playing really well and what they're they're going to be in shootouts every game the rest of the season i mean they're they're in better shape now than they were a few weeks ago when we played them because they have their you know they're getting their wide receivers healthy and but quarterbacks to, getting to, lose the, to lose the stuff yeah and but to lose the stuff in the secondary is is still a blow mm-hmm. so um that while i was scared about what I saw out of Green Bay. And, and like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, I did watch the highlights and, and saw, you know, that they things were executing really well on a lot of stuff for them. I am nervous about the strength of the Packers going forward. They're not a perfect team by any means. No. no. Um, now, I, I feel like they moved Ha Ha Clinton Dix if the Lions are in a situation right at this moment where they're feeling like they could move Golden Tate because they're not really expecting to make the Super Bowl this year, that makes sense. For the Packers to move one of their best players in a situation where they really could, maybe theoretically, or at least you could see how they would feel that way, given their history, that's a weird one to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that that. It, Strange, and especially considering they only got a fourth round pick out of it, um, I, I'm I'm surprised by that. I don't think it's as smart a move as the Golden Tate move was from a business perspective. Um, so I don't know. I guess you know we'll see how that plays out. But I, I'm I'm simultaneously nervous about the Packers and interested to see how their defense performs in the next couple weeks here. They have they have maybe the most difficult schedule in the division. You think me. they threw in the towel? I don't think I don't think that was their intent. I just like think it. that might have been the, <laughs> the result. The ultimate result here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we uh, is that it for Green Bay? Are we moving on uh yeah, moving up yeah, the chain? Yeah, okay, yeah, let's move on. I don't think there's anything else to cover there. Um the Bears are leading the division again. And that's weird. And I still think they're not legit. Fool's gold. Fool's gold. Uh, they do play the Jets. They play the Jets, beat the Jets handily. Good for you. Um, they play the Bills this week, and it will not be a surprise for them to beat the Bills handily. Good for you. They do have the easiest remaining schedule in the division. So this fool's gold, as they may be, sometimes fool's gold 
gets further than it should. People buy it, right? <laughs> you find oh, enough fools. No, I mean, they, they might they might be in serious contention to win the division at the end of the year. Um, but I also think the winner of this division could have eight or nine wins. So <laughs> I think they lose to Green Bay. I think they lose to the Rams. I think, I think they get hustled out of the playoffs immediately if they made it. Yeah, I think San Fran beats them too. Uh, boy, I don't know. San Fran is terrible right now. I know. I still think they beat them way out in the twenty. I, I well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to say that they're. Uh, I, I'm not going to say there's no possibility that they drop one of the, either the Bills or the 49ers because I still think they're a team that can do that. I yeah. still think they're that isn't necessarily going to beat the teams that they should beat. Right. Right. They did this week, but you know that's not an every week thing necessarily. Anything else to think about about the Bears? Anything to talk about? Think about? Worry about? I don't think so. They're still they're still thriving off of the extremely conservative, uh, you know, throw dump off passes to running backs and tight ends kind of situation. So So while we're talking about mirages, we we don't look at Mitch Trubisky's stats and go, oh man, that guy's doing really good. Yeah, okay, you get like a sixty six yard, you know, uh, reception out of the backfield from Tariq Cohen. That's going to make your stats look pretty good. Exactly. Yeah, that's they're lucky they're able to do as well as they have been with, with biscuit and, and playing this way. So that's that. All right. Well, wow, man, that was it. That's a good week. I think, uh, we'll, we'll see you guys on Friday with the, the new show with Riz. Don't forget about that quick takes. And then we will be back with the post game show on Sunday. Don't worry. no, no problems we, this week. We were, we were short hosts last week. It was only going to be me and, um, we decided to do some of the upgrades and on the technology instead. So anyway, that's it for this week. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Use those comments in the subreddit. Let us uh, have your feedback. This is the community show. And the only way the community can own it is to let us know what they think. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get invited to the Slack. Get a chance to see the pre-show show. On the video and uh, some other stuff that we got going on. A dollar a month at minimum will get you involved in all that fun, but we'll, we'll accept more. We're all good for that. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Case. Working on getting to the point. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's that community involvement thing. All right, give us a call. <laughs> Skype Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. Detroit Lions podcast or calls in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. And, of course, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Go to Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast. It will come in your little box automatically. Make sure to wash your hands afterwards. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. It's your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally... That call was 100% wrong. Gotta love BBC.